Hey, good morning, church. Pastor Ben Seaman here, lead minister at Rockingham Christian Church. So excited that you and your friends and family are joining us online for week six of Feed Yourself. That's right. Today, we are finish, finishing our six-week teaching series on what is the Bible, how the Bible became the Bible, and how do we read it. I'm really excited today, friends, as we close out our series, because today... You're going to hear an interview that I had with one of our life group leaders, Karen Hess. Today we're talking about how do I hear from God when I read the Bible? How do I know it's God's voice, God's wisdom, the Holy Spirit, and not just, you know, my personal opinion? So we hope that this, this interview is an encouragement and a blessing to you uh, from someone that has been following Jesus for a really long time, that has a depth and breadth of story that I believe will be encouragement for you and your family. After we finish our interview, we'll take communion together. And I want to encourage you in that time of communion to really thank the Lord personally for what the Word of God actually means to you and your family. Well, hello, everyone. Ben Seaman here, and I have the pleasure of uh, interviewing Karen Hess, one of our uh, many life group leaders at our church. And uh, I I had the privilege of talking with her today uh, because we are closing out our teaching series, Feed Yourself, which is all about um, what is the Bible, how to read it. And today we're going to talk about, uh, in our sermon today and our conversation with Karen, how do you read the Bible uh, to hear from God? And how do you know that it's, it's God? So uh, welcome, Karen. We're really excited to have you. Would you mind just taking a moment and introducing yourself, letting, letting us know any, anything that you'd like to share uh, for the folks that may, uh, may not know you? Hi, Ben. Um, well, I'm pleased to do this, and, and my passion really is to disciple people. I love the Word. I'm a mom of three daughters who are all following Jesus, praise the Lord. He had more to do with that than me. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, um, I think a lot of it has to do with the discipline of being in the word. Yeah, that's great. So um, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'm gonna shoot off a few questions uh, that I sent your way. And the first one is more relational. And it's this, looking back on your life, who would you say is at least one of the key figures that helped you maybe introduce you to the Bible or helped you grow your love and affection to want to read uh, God's Word? Honestly, it was the Bible study teachers I had in two previous churches that I've been involved with, one in California, one in New Hampshire. Their passion and seeing the wisdom they had, I wanted what they had. Yeah. I wanted that wisdom. Yeah. And I needed it to raise my daughters and just for life. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in that, that people that know God's word seem to approach life differently. And so not always, but in some of the things that happen to us, they, they tend to respond uh, differently um, a, a, as well. Um, let me ask you this question. Uh, how, and you're free to answer it specifically or generally, but for you personally, how has reading God's word shaped you and who you've become today? Well, if you know where I came from, I was not a believer until I was about 30 years old and was the mother of my firstborn. 
Uh, she was only months old and I was panic stricken. I didn't know how to raise this kid. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Mm. And I also had been searching for what was true. And the Lord just really brought that experience of motherhood along with kind of losing my career um, in industry at the time. Mm -hmm. To really just questioning what's the point of life. I've been asking that since I was 16 and I needed an answer. And, um, and I got it through looking at the word. What was your question again? No, I don't want to go. So know, the, the question was, um, at what point, either specifically or generally, how has reading God's word shaped who you become? Okay. So from there, my attitudes changed a lot. Okay. Um, just getting into the word, my finances changed. Every aspect of my life changed, actually. And I was just fortunate to get in the word, get in quickly, do um, a navigator series on, yeah. on in-depth Bible study. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of permeated my brain and my thought process and changed my worldview. It changed me a 180. Wow. I loved uh, what you said about uh, intellect and emotions that, uh, that I don't, it's so, that was so, that was gold because I don't know if a lot of folks who aren't reading the Bible uh, would say that reading the Bible helps me out emotionally. And that's what makes the Bible such a unique book, right? That it, when we read it and memorize it and understand it, have a relationship with it, it changes us emotively, which other books that we read, um, they don't, they don't do that, nor do they claim to do that. Uh, I'm curious, is there a specific uh, season in your life where God's word really comforted you and you took a lot of um, rest and read in, in God's word? I would say anytime there's a big change, whether it seems to be positive or negative, okay. I am pleading with the Lord to show me direction and show me what he wants for me. Mm -hmm. I, I went to Poland for four months a few years ago and left my family behind. Wasn't sure how long I would be there. Yep. You know, I, it could have turned into the rest of my life kind of thing. And I really wanted to know there was a lot involved in that decision. Mm -hmm. When my husband um, died unexpectedly, mm -hmm. you know, that, that shock sends you to really just depending on the Lord for comfort and guidance. Yeah. So any time of change, but what I notice too is when I'm not consistently really trying to seek out his word, I have this unsettledness mm -hmm. that just drives me back to it. And yeah. because I just want that peace, I want that closeness, I want that relationship I have with him to be firmer. In my mind, he hasn't yeah. moved, but you know, in my mind. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. So here, here's a question that... Um, I think a lot of people ask whether they're Jesus followers or maybe new to the faith or skeptical about the faith. And that is this, when I read God's word, and this kind of gets into our topic for uh, week six of Feed Yourself. When I read God's word, how do I know that it's God's voice and not just my opinion or all the stuff that I bring when I read, uh, when I read into the text? How do I know that what I'm hearing is actually God's voice when I read the Bible? I think it's probably different for different people, but for me, yeah, I will be reading a passage and it's like, oh, I didn't know that. 
or mm. wait a minute, what does this really mean? Or yeah. I just stop or something smacks me upside of the head and I think, oh, I need to be doing that. Or, you know, I need to rethink my views on that. I'm mm. pretty sure it's God. Okay. Because I don't come up with these myself. You know, if I get, if something strikes me, it's not like I planned it. So I figure it's God. Right. I mean, it's his word and he's trying to communicate through his word. So I figure, you know, he's trying to get my attention. Yeah. Yeah. And so th this question, it may be for a seasoned believer. It may not, but for someone that wants to get into God's word in this series, I've had uh, a few conversations with folks at our church sort of ask me this. Um, when someone wants to start reading God's word for the very first time, how do they, how do they cultivate a heart and a desire for reading God's word? When many people look at the Bible and just go, where do I even, what do I even start? What am I looking for? How does someone cultivate a heart, a hunger and a desire to read God's word? It, we can't drum up desire in and of ourselves. Yeah, good point. But we can look at our lives and say, what's the priority here? Mm. Um, you know, I told you earlier, I'm homeschooling my granddaughter at the moment to help my daughter out. And part of her curriculum is the Bible. And she doesn't want me to stop reading it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, then <laughs> well, we'll put math off for a little while. We'll get to it eventually, but we'll, and I will read five days in one because she just wants to know what happened. So it's that built in desire. And believe me, that warms my heart. Like, ah, it's the mm -hmm. best grandmother gift I've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, what I think we can cultivate that desire by examining our priorities mm. and thinking what's really important here. And yeah. early on, when I started reading the Bible regularly, even days when I didn't feel like it, I thought, no, but I want wisdom. And that happens over a long period of time. It's not like you go to the gym and work out once and you're fit, right? I, yeah, I wish that was true, but yeah. <laughs> I, me too. But um, I, just, I just knew it was a goal that I wanted to have. And so that drives me. It's the motivation I have when there's competing things, you know, for my time. Mm -hmm. But I also have to say, I, I hear people saying I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if somebody, honestly, if they don't have even 15 minutes, then they need to really think about what they're doing with their time. You know, mm -hmm. they really do. Because yeah. we always make time for what's important to us. Mm -hmm. We always do. And my relationship, hearing from God, learning more about him through his word, that's why he put us on earth. He wants that relationship with us. If that's the reason I'm on this planet, then if it's God's reason for me, I want to be in with God on it. Right. Yeah, that, oh man, that, that is so good. Um, but my next question, we've kind of already asked this in terms of um, when, when have you felt cared by God's word? And you can ask, answer this from your perspective or, or others. Um, and the question is this, when have you or your friends or people that you've known along your journey with Jesus, when have people wanted to, whether they had a relationship with God's word or not, what, uh, what about life circumstances causes people to want to hear from God? In other words, 
uh, in your life or your friends' lives, families' lives? What are situations in life where people are desperate to hear from God? There's a lady in one of my small groups that mm -hmm. is at the end of her life. Mm -hmm. And the experimental chemo no longer works. And she knows that she doesn't, she doesn't know how much time she has, but it's not long. Mm -hmm. She is desperate to hear from God, uh, mm -hmm. to hear from God as far as what she needs to be doing. Um, obviously, that's an extreme circumstance. Sure. I think people in this pandemic, they look around and they look at the world and wonder what it's going to be and they want security. Well, you know what? There is no security in life. Jesus is it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, can, we can placate ourselves and think, oh, we have enough money in the bank or we have our group of friends that are going to support us. Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't know if those things are going to be around for us later. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think if you just think about what's ahead, that might be motivation enough to, um, you know, just yeah. want to really dive into him. What a, yeah, wow, what a powerful story. Um, you alluded to this earlier with the pandemic, uh, which touches on my next question, and it's this. Because of the pandemic, we have been, um, whether we like it or not, right, and some families in our church have uh, little kids, uh, uh, multiples of little kids running around the house and everything like that. God bless them too. I can't imagine working and having all your children, schooling them. Uh, they are the real MVPs. <laughs> right. How, how, how would you encourage someone to cultivate and make it a priority because we have all of this sort of extra time and simpler schedules these days? How would you encourage someone to, even in the midst of working, homeschooling, parenting, to really take a next step to begin leveraging this time that we have to get into God's word? What are some practical you know, next steps or things that you would encourage them with to utilize the season that we're in to really cultivate a relationship with God's word? Well, first of all, if your kids are around you all the time, pick up a children's Bible. If they're young enough, if they're old mm -hmm. enough, pick up a version, maybe the message, and just start exploring. Mm -hmm. um, some of the groups that I lead right now have gone through First and Second Samuel. Mm -hmm. You know, what a wild ride for yeah. King David. I mean, if that's not drama, that's better drama than you can see on Netflix half the time. That's true. <laughs> you can really get your kids engaged and it's a fun thing to do together. So don't make it as like a separate thing, me and God, 10 minutes or an hour by myself, that's never going to happen. Incorporate other people and you're doing your kids a service. Talk to your spouse. Let's just read a, a passage together and just talk about it. You're probably tired of talking about whatever's on the news. So yeah. just, just do it with them. Just pick something. There are so many books out there, online resources, to marriage, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great time to get beyond the, and try things you haven't done before, to get beyond your normal and try things you haven't done. That's so good. Um, we, yeah, my takeaway from what you said is we, we don't have to always think about spending God's word, spending time in God's word means a quiet place away from everybody. If we're in a season of life where we're working, parenting, homeschooling, it's sort of this beautiful mess that it's happening 
right now all around us. I remember when I was living in Ohio, going to my friend's um, small group, and it was a small group of couples with kids under the age of three. Um, you know, you had kids running around, people changing diapers, someone's, you know, a, a husband or a wife is reading from God's word, another person's asking questions, and it was just chaos. But it was really beautiful to see all of that happening um, at the same time in that moment. Uh, I'm curious, what is uh, either your, and you can answer both if you'd like, what's either your favorite scripture that's meant the most to you, uh, and what is your favorite uh, story in the Bible that has meant the most to you? And maybe they're one and the same. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's the hardest question you've asked me so far. <laughs> um, one of my go-to scriptures, which you would think I would have memorized, but I'm lousy at memorizing, mm. is in the first chapter of, of I believe it's First Peter. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a spiral about, you know, as you're to increase your, oh, then I'm going to have to get it out. Okay. I, to read it to you, just one second. Sure. And the reason is to me, this is just a beautiful picture of, of maybe a way to approach life. Um, mm. Mm. And I, I thought when I got remarried, it was very interesting to me that um, the pastor that, married um bill and i used this very passage and i was so excited because it was so so my favorite um first of all it starts it's second peter chapter one verse three his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness mm. we don't have to drum it up he's given it to us it's there for the taking right through the knowledge of him okay can I preach here a little bit? Through the knowledge of him. You get to know Jesus by getting to know his word. That's mm -hmm. why he gave us this. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I equate it to a human relationship. If I don't have any communication or if the communication is really sporadic, the relationship is just not going to be that strong. Right. Um, but And he called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, hope. I mean, without hope, there is no comfort. There is no peace. Right. You know, so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Which of us doesn't want some of that divine nature, especially wisdom and discernment, discernment big in this time? Yes. Having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. And then this is the part two. Uh, for this very reason, Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and mm -hmm. knowledge with self-control mm -hmm. and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness mm -hmm. and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And the beauty of it doesn't end there because you think these things are all intertwined. We can't have self-control without many of these other things. We can't have affection without, you know, love. Right. But I love this part. This is the grand finale bang for me. Mm. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So if I'm going to have a life that's worth anything and not, and it's going to be productive and effective, that's the, that's the pattern 
that's going to be happening in it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a mic drop. That's, that's a great text. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, well, uh, what, what, <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. What, uh, so a final question is um, more along the lines of uh, how you introduced yourself at the beginning of our conversation is that you're a Bible teacher. Uh, you lead a few life groups at our church and just want to ask you, what do you, what do you love about being a Bible teacher and a life group leader? I love that the, we get very real with one another. We mm -hmm. share our hurts. We share our hopes, frustrations. Mm -hmm. And then we have a chance to go to do that, looking at it from a spiritual perspective. And it is just absolute joy to see people grow. Mm -hmm. I've had people come in that uh, weren't sure they even believed in Jesus as the son of God mm -hmm. and then become convinced of it. And it's like, it is just so much stinking fun to watch them grow. It's just, yeah. it's really a joy. It's really a joy. And that's what I love about you. Your addiction to life transformation, right? Through God's word. It's so cool to see those light bulbs go off in people's brains that, oh, yeah. that God loves them. And yet they've been given a person, um, and you Karen, that what that can walk alongside them sort of as Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and explain the text to them so that they could come to know Jesus. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't prompt you with this question, but I thought we would close with it if that's okay. What, what is your, um, what is your prayer for RCC? Uh, in this season right now during this pandemic and while we're um, currently now, as this being recorded, still under the shelter in place order? I think that people would dig in. Mm. That um, this is a time unprecedented as everybody's saying. Right. It's a time you can kind of restructure your life or maybe if you don't feel that because you've got so many competing demands mm -hmm. it's a time to just sit back and say how do i do all this i mean the lord's allowed this so there has to be a way i can do this right yeah like i suggested earlier if it means doing more together as a family mm -hmm. you know to dig in mm -hmm. to really understand what what the lord is all about mm -hmm. i think we're going to need it ben going forward and I'm not just talking about getting on the other side of this pandemic. Right. I'm just talking about the way the world's going and culture's going. Mm -hmm. Gosh, if we, if we aren't strong and know the word, we're going to be swept away. Our houses will fall. Mm. So that's my prayer that uh, people just dig in and get serious about learning what they can. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I keep saying God's word, but I just want to make a distinction here. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think of God's word as separate from Jesus. Jesus is the word. So to get to know Jesus and be a, a good friend and intimate acquaintance with him, you know, he's trying to communicate through the written page. Mm. Thankfully, what a cool way to, he decided to do it. It's there at any moment, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to do a Zoom call to get to him, you know, it's just right. right there. Um, and, and it's just so available and he wants us to, to enjoy him. And there's such fun in there mm -hmm. um, and such mental stimulation. So, yeah. anyway. Long yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Thank you, Karen, so much for your time and your willingness to share your heart and your insights uh, in your journey with Jesus with RCC. And I know 
that whenever that time comes, we can gather together to get uh, again. It'll be such a beautiful um, gathering and um, just being able to see each other and, and reconnect. And if, if you are watching this and you attend RCC, uh, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Uh, if you're watching this and you're looking for a church home in the New Hampshire, New England area, we'd love for you to uh, join us uh, on any given weekend for our 11 o'clock uh, online service. Thanks again, Karen. And uh, can't thank you enough for your time. Mm -hmm.